Thank you for joining us in Tell It By Tuesday. Today, we're going to talk about a book that Shana just read, Coach Shana. So, you're me today. <laughs> so, we're going to talk about this book and see if this is something that you want to read. So, all right, Shana, so what are we reading today? Today's summer read is called The First, The Few, The Only, How Women of Color Can Redefine Power in Corporate America. It is a 2022 release by the author Deepa Purushottaman. I'm excited to talk about it. Thanks for having me. Awesome. So as a woman of color, not a lot of us in, in corporate America. So what made you read this book? What, what drew you to this book? Having read in the past different career books, and I think this was one, it was important to us to make sure that we do kind of hear the voices of various women. And so this book being written by someone that was of Indian descent, I thought would be pretty interesting for us to make sure to include in our roundup. So talk to me about what your thoughts were going into the book. So I think one of the things I expected was like several of the other self-help books I've read in the past usually are structured with like, these are the steps to do X, Y, Z to get specific outcomes that you want. What I liked about Deepa's approach was she focuses heavily on finding our power as women. And connecting power in corporate America is logical in a sense that the way that corporate America was built, there is a power element to the relationship building that takes place for people to be successful in corporate America. I had not seen other career books tie in as heavily a focus on our power. You know, we hear like, find your voice, locate your champions. But the power element is what really stuck out to me in this read. I feel like I've struggled in corporate America in understanding the power that I have for influence. <laughs> so talk me through, you know, how the book went for you. What really did you like about how she incorporating in terms of finding that power? What was your takeaways from reading the book? So there were a few different things that stuck out to me. And one of the things that I really enjoyed about the book was she had like four main sections and one was finding your power, understanding when to rest, overcoming delusions, especially the ones that are fed to women of color by society and are, and perpetuated by our experiences. And then she also talked through the different archetypes of women in corporate America. And I can expound on that in a bit. And then six questions that you should ask yourself to determine if you should stay or go from your current employer. And I thought that particular the questions overview is something that's very actionable for anyone reading her book, right? It's a good litmus test to know if what you're experiencing is something that you're willing to continue to experience, whether you can impact it or not, or if you know that this is the right time for you to look for a new organization. So you talked about, I like the, the two last points, especially, so I want to expound upon them. You talked about the archetypes. Maybe explain that a little bit more, because I some things come to mind, and I don't know if that's what was happening in the book. So Interested to understand what is, what is meant by archetypes. Yeah. So there's four different archetypes that she calls out, like the model minority concept. So readers, you have to read about four. It's the fourth one. So the first, first one is the model minority. And so it's this idea that a Black woman that the people in your work environment are comfortable with is supposed to monolithically, in your words, Coach Kelly, represent all Black females and that that's what they should be like. 
she talks through the pressure that that places on the successful female and also the weight of that. The second archetype is the culture person, the person who's known and expected to drive the culture in a corporate environment, particularly the fixer. So it's the, it's the person that it's considered to be the one that you always want to bring in to fix a situation or to smooth over, have a difficult conversation. Like it's so a women of color have a tendency to fall into that role that also consistently can happen in their personal life. There's a lot of pressure on her to not go into a conversation or, or a situation all the time just to be open-minded and learn, but to always be looking for what is the problem that I am expected to potentially solve. The third is the sage. And that is like, makes me think of like Maya Angelou or Iyanla Van Zandt, where even in a corporate environment, a woman finds herself constantly being sought out for advice from other women of color. And what I love about what Deepa brings out is while the sage may be a, an archetype or a profile that I want to be, that we had to be really careful to make sure that our organization recognizes that as an addition to what our actual job title is and to request where we should be compensated for it. You know, it's possible that you can fit into a lot of these, right? The the model citizen, as you talked about, mm-hmm. where you become this token. And, and I think we've talked about that in the past around being a mold of someone else. And somehow this is, this is the only <laughs> version of success. Right. I, I think that one resonates the most with me, but obviously the fixer too. And, and even the sage, and I would go as far as saying this mammy image. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Somehow we are the mother of a lot of stuff at work too. I like how she, with the culture fixer role, she calls it, she, she like also calls it like the balloon popper. Mm-hmm. And she explains how that's a really lonely role. And I've even seen myself be in this situation where you know, there's corporate speak and the organizations are going to say things in a, in a politically correct way. And I think part of what I've come to be known for is saying it plain. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've, and sometimes it's not a it's not a nice, warm and cuddly message. But I find myself having to be the person to say what no one's going to like. And that suddenly becomes part of my brand, not in a bad way, but it takes a, the responsibility off other people who should have that same skill. Right. I do not like to do the cryptic messaging that sometimes we get in corporate America. So, you know, what was it that she really talked about around, you know, should she stay or should she go? Great. So I'll break these questions out into a few at a time and then just get your thoughts as we go through. So she said six, six questions you should ask yourself. One is, do you feel like you control your destiny in your current organization? Another which is to me common, do your values align with the company? So just thinking through those two, what what, what is your response to those two? Do you feel like those are good decision-making questions? Absolutely. I ask myself that question every year. I do my self-assessment of the company every year. And I ask myself, do I feel like I have that influence there that I'm supported in navigating my career at this company? And that's a great question. And then also too, do my values align? Like, are they really doing things that I feel proud about, right? I'm like, I feel embarrassed to talk about the stuff that we're doing to my friends and my family. And so I do ask those questions of, am I proud to be here? And is this really aligned to to where I'm headed or what I feel is is important to me at this time? So definitely those two, I do ask myself. 
cool. Yeah, the the values alignment is like number one for me. It's important to me to be helping people in the way that whatever organization I'm working for executes their version of helping others is really like something that I pay a lot of of attention to. And also I feel a lot, I I feel at ease when I understand exactly how I'm helping in the context of where I work. Next two questions. Do you have a sense of safety and trust among those you work with? And then the second question in that grouping, is your pay aligned to your contribution and performance? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like a given, right? The second one's a given. That's paying, right? The pay is, is the big one. I'm the, the big owner. I, I don't know if I even not go to work to get paid. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, everyone that's listening, I'm, I'm a community service person. <laughs> so my motivations are a little different than Kelly, but yes, I need to pay bills. But the third one kind of caught me off guard. This is something that I don't, I haven't personally considered in the past. Do you have a sense of safety and trust among those you work with? Oh, yeah. like, I mean, what? I think you have, right? If you think about if you're in an environment and it's just a bunch of backstabbing, toxic people around you, and you really can't trust that what you say is not going to be blown out of proportion or misconstrued, it's important that you have allies and that you can trust people in the work environment and you're not, you know, in this toxic environment so i i can see that absolutely i think that one is one that you ask yourself as soon as you join a company Mm -hmm. Uh, i would agree with that i think that would completely drive you mad if you could not you know really connect and have a meaningful connection with somebody at work even if you know it doesn't have a personal connection but just a respect there right right so yeah i can see that one i i would agree so the last two questions deepa asks are this one is huge for me. Are you still growing and learning? And is advancement accessible to you? Well, I would say that I think you get to a certain point of fatigue. I do think that that's a relevant question for me because I've, I've always wanted to grow and learn and, you know, continue to keep developing and adding value. I, if I feel like I'm stagnant, I feel like it's time for me to go. There's nothing else I can contribute. But I do think that some folks may not ask that question if you don't value constantly constant change constantly being challenged that might not be one that you want to keep on your list of things to ask yourself right but i i thought the the questions overall were really insightful and thought-provoking okay i think one of my key takeaways for life from the book that i will not forget in the winter rest discussion she talks about yum or yuck and she's like usually your body tells you it gives you clues about whether or not you're really looking forward to or enjoying what you're doing or not. And so she was like, the test is if going to a particular meeting or spending time with the person makes you think, yum, yes, I want to do this or yuck, I don't really want to do that. Then that's how you know if you get more yucks and yums, you probably need to take a rest from that activity. Yeah, I can see that. We can definitely see that. I think the yucks to me, when you say that, makes me feel like you're headed towards burnout and you're becoming disengaged and maybe quiet quitting. <laughs> I do appreciate the professional maturity for yum or yuck not to be one of the decision-making questions for staying or going. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because sometimes you can you can improve your your situation, right? And I think 
that might be another question is to ask is, is can you improve that situation for all the right. questions that she asked, if you can improve, if you can and have your control in, within your control and right. prove or change the answer to any of those questions in a positive way, then maybe do that first to exhaust right. all options if you're nervous about it. That's what, that's what I like about the last question that I think is so intelligent about it is the question is not, is advancement available? The question is, is it accessible to you? So if you're constantly seeing the people around you be chosen for advancement opportunities and the answer is different for you, that's when you need to analyze what's happening. All right, Shana, this is great. I mean, I think the book sounds certainly like a different perspective. So when you talk about, she talks about kind of understanding the power from within. Can you talk a little bit more about how she how she found that or how she emphasized that or ways to find that power if you don't know you got yeah. it? Yeah, so there's a, she talks on some level about uh, recognizing your own power, which is very closely tied to understanding your worth. But she spends also some time on the concept of her ability to influence by naming various other women of color that have provided career advice. She mentions Carla Harris. She mentions Minda Hartz. She, many other women she gives credit to because she also speaks to the concept and spends time explaining the power of women working together. Um, and I think that's a concept that w- keeps coming up in in career circles, right? Particularly women of color working together to support one another in, in front of people and behind closed doors and just how important it is for that to be happening to help other women of color get a seat at the table because another woman of influence that was a woman of color made sure to bring them along. I, I agree. Wow, that's, a, that's pretty powerful. I mean, I do think that... And we've talked about it like, hey, girl, I'm not competing. (laughs) Right. I'm rooting for you. I'm supporting you. And so I like the message of we are all working on this together. So there's no one right way. The more that we can do that, the more that we can build a community and advocate for a new environment. I think that's powerful. Yep. That's what she's saying. It's like instead of women trying to constantly mold themselves, to your point, don't try to be someone else into an environment, corporate America, that was never designed for us, that we should be influencing what the mold looks like versus trying to adjust ourselves to fit into it. Agreed. And that's something that is refreshing to me, taking examples of success and saying, well, how can I interpret this for me? Right. How can I be authentic to me? And I think that's so powerful, but you know, until we start really being vulnerable, being comfortable with being uncomfortable, I don't think that it's going to change. And I, and I like this rally call, if you will, for her saying this is a call to action that we need to speak up and know the power that we have, especially when you're a high performer. So I like the rally call, the motivation there to, to make a new environment where we all belong and are accepted. I mean, I think that's, that's pretty, I'm not gonna say that's profound because to me it's a no brainer, <laughs> but <laughs> like, why don't we have this environment where we all belong and all are accepted? Like, well, I think it, her, her book definitely made me wonder, like, 
how can I seek out more opportunities to create community with women of color, right? Because I, if I think about where I spend my time outside of work, it just isn't naturally in environments where there are a lot of women of color. And it, it like made me think through like, how can I make sure that I am being intentional about helping to build that community so that it exists? Yeah. And I my think that work. I think the challenge is, is that there are so many organizations, even within corporate America, that will focus on Black, that will focus on Latinx, that will focus on Asian, right? And then somehow women of color are, are served within those groups. Then you have the women group. And then somehow the women of color are supposed to be served with that group. That there's noise because the way that you approach a woman of color in order to resonate, there has to be acknowledgement. <laughs> An acknowledgement right. there of our pain mm-hmm. for us to really hear that this is going to change something. But if we don't necessarily hear that messaging at the start, then in our minds, I think, and I would say my mind, I can't speak for everyone, but in my mind, I feel like this is more of the same. Right. This is more of a check. It doesn't apply. To us. It doesn't apply. Like, it's just not going to change anything for me. So why waste the time? So I do think that, you know, there's this dissection of these groups is women of color and we are being missed Mm. in that. And some of us are, it's hitting with some of us and then not hitting at all with others, right? Because Mm. the acknowledgement, the acknowledgement of the extra minutiae of things that we have to go through as women. And then as women of color, it's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I don't think people recognize that trauma. Mm-hmm. You can't tell until we're just burnt out. Correct. And then you'll, it's, it, it'll be very evident. And then yeah. y'all don't want to stay anymore. Or it's difficult to work with. And yeah. somehow we're angry and it goes into mm-hmm. those stereotypes. Our group is often neglected in that way in terms of that acknowledgement of trauma and acknowledgement of extraness that we have. And I'm glad that she's calling it out with those archetypes, right? Because that that hits it right on the head. That's a that's a heavy weight for us to carry when we're seen as these archetypes. It sounds like you want to buy Deepa's book, Kelly. Absolutely. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going on Amazon and I'm getting it now. <laughs> and it wasn't a long read. For any of you all that are like, oh, it may, it sounds like good stuff, but I'm not sure. It's only got 10 chapters. If you listen to the audio version, my local library, I was able to listen to it in less than six hours. It is very easy to follow. And there are some really actionable things in there, as you all can see from some of the things we discussed today. Awesome. Well, thanks, Shauna, for presenting this book. So if you'd like to learn more about this book, you can check out the link in our description and get a copy for yourself or for someone else that might need a rally call right now. Because every now and then we need that extra that extra push to make us feel like, you know what, you can do this. <laughs> um, and that you're not alone if you're and, the first. Yes. If there's just a few of you or you're the only one. Absolutely. All right. So until the next time, we'll catch you at the next Tell It By Tuesday. Thank you so much for joining.